Hey there, movie fans. This is Pete from Box Office 30 Podcast. I wanted to take a moment to mention our sponsor for this episode, HalloweenCostumes.com. What a great website. We're coming up in the Halloween season here. If you're a big movie fan, this is a great place to get some serious movie costumes. I was just taking a look through the homepage and just on the homepage alone, I see Jurassic Park, League of Their Own, Ghostbusters, Alice in Wonderland, Avengers, Harry Potter, Scooby-Doo. I mean, they've got a little bit of everything. I see Harley Quinn, great stuff available from this website. So please head on over, take a look. We have a promo code available for you to use. Check this, 20% off of one item, one use per customer, valid through November 6th. If you want to take advantage of this, use our promo code TRNHalloween2021. I'll also put a link in the show notes for this episode. Again, you can't beat the website, you can't beat the costumes. Go check it out, HalloweenCostumes.com. is a presentation of the Retro Network. Strap in, movie fans. We're about to take you 30 years into the past to explore the biggest blockbuster hits of the 1990s. I'm Pete. And I'm Michael. And, and this, this is, is Box, Box Office, Office 30. 30. Box Office 30 for September 1991. I'm Pete, and as usual, I'm joined by my good buddy and co-host, Michael. How are you, sir? I'm well, thank you. I am I'm doing quite well. I'm excited for fall. I'm sort of, you know, a little glad that summer was over, and I might get some, some hate for that. I just, <laughs> like, I feel like for me, after, like, the end of July... When you're hitting that brutal heat of summer, like I just stand still and sweat and I'm just like, I'm over <laughs> it at this point. <laughs> no, I'm with you. I'm a spring and fall person for sure. But, uh, you know, I, it was funny. I was the one thing I'm kind of dreading now with the fall incoming is this allergies. Change, well, not even that the change in weather, because last time we left off on this podcast, we were worried that you were going to get slammed by the hurricane mm. when in reality, you had a puddle and I had water in my basement. So yeah. That didn't exactly work out um, exactly I, I, the same way. I feel like I jinxed you on that one. Versus- you, you got the police coming in over there. What's happening? I, I don't know. I got these new LED, I, I, I got these new LED like 
lights that are app enabled and I'm trying to create depth of field in, in my like video classes <laughs> and I just like using them. So I've been putting different colors on and messing around. It's, it's kind of got like a nice like transition where it's just like smoothly going through colors now. But when you were first tweaking, it, it was a little like flashing red and I had it on siren mode. When I t- yeah. Maybe <laughs> done something a little risque or something. <laughs> I, I turned on siren mode, but I was like, oops, that's not right. So, but whatever. You know, speaking about getting in trouble with the authorities, I woke up to a very startling email this morning. Oh, God. At something like 5 a.m. this morning, our Box Office 30 Facebook page got taken down by Facebook for violating community standards. What? And I was like, what? <laughs> And uh, so, like, I was, like, jumped out of bed, and I'm like, what the heck is going on? And, you know, I started trying to figure it out. The link that they sent me in the email said, like, oh, if you'd like to learn more, click here, which when you click that, it just sent you to, like, a dead link. Wouldn't work. So I went in, got on the computer, was trying to figure it out there. No more luck there. As a matter of fact, it was walking me through this several-page thing where it was trying to show you the reason why you were in trouble, and it was all blank. I even screenshotted it <laughs> just in case I thought I was going crazy. So at any rate, I hit the um, appeals thing at the end of it, which basically says, like, if you think we're wrong, hit this button. So I hit the button. And then I was going to go try and figure out some other things to see what was going wrong. Next thing I know, it was back up and they sent me a message like we've reviewed your page and it's fine. So I don't know what the algorithm or whatever thought was going wrong with the box office 30 page, but man, it was a major scandal for like an hour there this morning. I thought you were going to say like, and next month we'll be back with box office T H I R T Y. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) We lost the three zero. (laughs) That's funny. Well, that's weird. That's surprising. I I had no, this is, I'm learning this firsthand folks. Look at that. Yeah, I figured I'd save it once it turned out to be a non thing. Otherwise I was going to actually contact you because one of the options was to like have a second administrator, like explain what's going on with the page. Cause it wouldn't let me do it. So I was like, I'm gonna have to add you as an admin and get you to write them a message and all this. But then it, I don't know, it, it worked out. So that's pretty funny. Who knows? Oh boy. <laughs> oh, good times. Good times. So cliffhanger, you know, we, we left off last time and you were saying that you had gone to the box office, you'd seen a movie with your father-in-law, but you said you had like deeper thoughts on, on the box office. I was really curious. Like I thought maybe we do like a, um, you know, state of the box office in 2021 sort of thing here. And I thought we'd lead off with, with kind of your actual human in person take with that. Sure. So, uh, as I mentioned, we, we went to go see Free Guy, which I thought was amazing. It was everything that I hoped for and more. It was super fun. I highly recommend the movie. If it's still in theaters, go see it. Check it out. This movie needs support to to get out there because it's so fun. But the funny thing about it is, right, again, I saw this on a Monday afternoon. So, this is not Saturday, Sunday, or even Friday night, but midsummer, Monday afternoon, nothing going on. I go to a pretty popular theater on a major highway on Long Island, and I get there, and my father-in-law and I, we walk in. The parking lot is maybe five cars in it, and I'm like, wow, that's surprising. I get inside. The main ticket booth you would normally go to when you first walk in, empty. It says, okay, go to 
you know, the concession stand to buy your ticket. And that was my first sort of like, wow, that's surprising. There's no ticket taker or ticket seller at the window. I go to the concession stand. There's the young lady who's selling me the tickets, a, a gentleman who was like the manager. And that was it. There was nobody else around. Like Nobody else in the lobby. N- nobody playing video games in the arcade at all. I walked down the hallway to the, the ticket terror person. He's there by himself. He tore the ticket. And we went into the theater. And there was no one in the theater but us. It was just the two of us in this giant, you know, 3D leather seat, beautiful, like luxury, pick your own seat thing. I was like, wow. And even when I went up to the computer to pick my seats, I was like, oh, gee, this is pretty hard. There's so many seats to choose from that it was hard (laughs) to pick where I wanted to sit. And so... See, I used to be really zoned in when we were on the Upper West Side still. I had like a pair of seats that were like my seats. I knew like the letter. I knew the row. <laughs> I would always try and get them. Not anymore. I got to figure out what the new theater looks like here and where the best seating is. So when I realized that um, the theater was very short staffed, the movie was in 3D. And when the movie began, we're wearing the 3D glasses but everything is blurry and out of focus. And I'm like, what is going on? And it, and it was for the first couple minutes of the movie. So I get up and I run to the ticket terror guy and he goes, oh, the manager must have not flipped it over to 3D because it's ha- no nice. one's been in there. <laughs> so he then had to run in to tell the manager or call him on the radio, had the manager run to the theater, flip the thing over to 3D, and then the thing was ready to rock and roll. And we watched the rest of the movie in 3D and it was beautiful. It was awesome. And it was super fun and yada, yada, yada. Uh, you know, super relaxing. I didn't buy any popcorn. Like there was nobody in the theater. Masks weren't required because it was literally no one there. Um, <laughs> and then as I'm leaving, there was like maybe three people coming in to see another screening of another movie. And they were running every screen all day long. Like there was 12 or 13 screens in this theater. Every single one of them was going. You could have literally done like the olden days, finished the movie, hopped into another theater and no one would have none the wiser. Cause you could, I got to stay there all day. Just watch movies all day. Yeah. It was just so weird. And I'm like, how is this financially sustainable? Like they're cranking the AC, they're running all this electric, you know, it's just well, I mean, you accounted for at least one. I was going to ask how many employees total do you think you ran into while you were there? Three, so, yeah, three. Yeah. But so, I mean, even that, that's still three people's salaries they're paying all day long. Yeah. I mean, maybe there was a fourth person that I didn't see, but I, I would assume there was just the three people that were working there in this gigantic theater, like gigantic multiplex. So, Interesting. Well, I mean, like you said, and I know you prefaced it with this, it might just be one of those situations where like that random Monday, (laughs) it was just quiet or something like that. Um, You know, obviously, we're still not at at, that peak of what things were. So, uh, you know, it it is what it is for that, I guess. (laughs) But then again, you see what happened with with, with Shang-Chi over Labor Day and it broke box office records like people couldn't wait to get to this, see this movie. Well, so that's the next thing I want to to get into then is kind of like, where is the box office now in 2021? So I I went digging 
And, you know, I feel like we're actually starting to see some action again in theaters, despite the Delta variant, despite all the stuff still, you know, floating around with COVID and, and all that. But, um, you know, I dug up some information on kind of like, what is the box office looking like in 2021? And so I, I, I had some interesting things I thought that I would um, share. And um, in part of that is going to be, um, is it Shang-Chi or Shang-Chi? It's, it's Shang-Chi. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I'll go with that. <laughs> um, and and essentially the um, great job that that's doing at the box office. But let me start kind of a little bit elsewhere and just kind of take a look at like what's going on like gross-wise in 2021. So um, I found a couple of different um, lists and things like that that were sort of talking about um, domestic, worldwide combo and sort of thing. And one of the things I thought was really pretty interesting is the Chinese market still seems to be actually going pretty darn strong. So really? I don't know if they've necessarily beaten back the disease more than us or if they're just, you know, enough people because it's just such a large population that they can maintain some of these numbers and things like that. But the number one grossing movie worldwide in 2021 is a movie called High Mom. Um, and if you look this up, um, this is a, a Chinese movie. Um, and I think it's, I, I didn't look too deep into it, but it's roughly based off of, I think some, um, comedy show or something like that, that they have, um, over there. Hmm. And thus far in 2021, it has grossed $822 million. What? So, <laughs> yes. So, so there's people going to see hi mom, you know? <laughs> Now, like to compare that to the domestic box office, the number one movie in all of 2021 for the U.S. is Black Widow, mm. and that's done 182 million wow. um, domestically. Um, so, quite a discrepancy, you know, between yeah. uh, what would normally be a, a huge, you know, money-making film, a Marvel movie, Black Widow, um, popular character, only doing 182 here. Versus High Mom doing 822 worldwide, you know, so it's it just is quite interesting. So um, I thought I'd actually run down the top five worldwide and the top five in in the domestic area and just kind of take a look at what's crossing those lines, because it's kind of interesting in my mind. OK, so uh, I'll start with the worldwide side of things. Well, actually, no, I tell you, what, I'll start with the domestic side of things, because that's a little more interesting for the comparative purposes. So as mentioned, Black Widow, 182.7 million. Okay. Mm-hmm. Second to that is F9, the Fast Saga, 172.9. So kind of just a skosh below Black Widow, just 10 million beneath that. Um, so again, Fast and the Furious movies also do big money, big, you know. Um, and the difference is Fast and the Furious had no streaming option when it first dropped as opposed to Black Widow, which did. And that's a really interesting point, too. Yeah, no, that's a really good point as well. Um, third is A Quiet Place Part 2, 160.1 million. Hmm. Jungle Cruise, 106.8, which also is a movie that comes with a simultaneous, you know, um, premium release over on uh, Disney Plus. Yeah. And then in fifth place is Godzilla versus Kong with 99.2 million. Which also did a simultaneous free release on HBO Max. Yep. Interesting. So worldwide, 
Um, again, uh, hi mom at the top, 822 million. Second, now again, this is worldwide, comes F9. Um, hmm. Again, so this one worldwide, okay, remember, domestically, 172.9. Worldwide, 710.9. Wow. So, that, you know, uh, Fast and Furious is a movie that's always done well internationally, appears to still be the case. <laughs> yeah. If, if this were normal times, that would have broken a billion, for sure. Yep. Um Third is Detective Chinatown 3, which I'm guessing is another Chinese release. Mm-hmm. 686.3 million. Wow. Four on this list is Godzilla vs. Kong, 467.9. And then fifth on this list is Black Widow, 372.3. Hmm. So, yeah, I just thought it was a really interesting kind of... Um, mix of what's doing well here versus what's doing well elsewhere and kind of the big discrepancy I feel like in the numbers there you know what I mean yeah now with that said I think those worldwide numbers are still low comparatively to oh, what yeah. we'd normally be seeing for these um type of films but again just kind of an interesting you know dichotomy so clearly there's a couple other countries out there that are a little bit more open on their theater front and you know what's funny though might have had more people on Monday <laughs> I also wonder if because of the lack of movies in the theaters, those that do go to the theaters are drawing more people. It's like a, you know, quality versus quantity kind of a thing. If you have too much quantity of movies, you have too many options. But if you're just having a handful of movies, sure, people are like, oh, I'll go see Fast and the Furious, you know, good, bad or indifferent, who may have waited to see it on streaming or a DVD or whatever, you know, Blu-ray now. Definitely. Um, and I, I think in, in large part, I've been recently seeing too, that the studios are kind of getting itchy. They're seeing some of the, you know, relative positivity that these movies are doing and they're starting to kind of like shuffle their dates. I saw a few movies that moved up. Yeah. I saw a couple that actually moved back a little here and there. Venom, Um, Venom two moved to 2022 then all of a sudden move back to october all of a sudden like yeah <laughs> they, they don't know what to do with that movie they keep flipping it around yeah well i you know i just think that they they're all a little worried about where these things are going to land and you, we still have some stuff upcoming like dune and things like that that are launching over on um hbo um you know simultaneously so i'm, I'm just really curious what this stuff is going to keep looking like in the months to come especially because the covid numbers have arguably been going up, you know, fairly um, wide across our country. I mean, like yeah. a, a, another sad st- statistic, not box office statistic, but I know that like if you look at a world map right now, we're seeing quite a spike here versus a lot of other countries. So, yeah. you know, it's, I'm curious to see how that will limit things kind of in the month ahead here. But anyway, thought that was interesting to look at. And then um, coming back around to what you were mentioning um shang chi uh is kicking butt (laughs) at the box office um it is uh doing big big money um only second um to uh black widow as far as marvel releases um go i think i saw um that it was uh, what was it like maybe like 10 million or so um less of a release than that yeah um but uh another interesting statistic um with the release of those two it has now pushed the Marvel Cinematic Universe over $23 billion in wow. revenue. Um, so 
big, big money off the MCU overtime. Wow. Um, pretty cool. And then uh, the other kind of interesting thing I saw is that Shang-Chi is now the highest rated comic book movie of all time, uh, or at least for now, according to Rotten Tomatoes. Highest know. rated? Like like Rotten Tomato rating? Okay. Yes, 98% audience score, um, wow. which beats um, uh, Black Panther's previous 96%. Wow. Um, and, uh, you know, again, it's it's only been in the theater for a minute here. So, you know, over the course of time, that number is probably going to skew down and things like that. But as it stands while we're recording this, 92 percent critic review, 98 percent audience score. So, you know, what's funny about that? That's funny about that with the Rotten Tomatoes score. Like if it were me just, you know, just thinking about this, you know, Rotten Tomatoes has not been around that that long i mean maybe it's been around what 15 years or so give or take maybe. it might be longer than you think i think it's become more mainstream in that period of time but i i think it know. existed i'll have to look it up now i think it's existed for a while now i just feel like if you look at a cross-section of all comic book movies for a second there and i'm gonna this is more comic book related than movie related but like i feel like if a movie like spider-man 2 with Tobey Maguire came out now, that movie is, in my mind, a near-perfect superhero movie that it might be the highest rated. <laughs> I, you know, I just think it's near-perfect. I mean, ratings are always aggregate and on, relative, on, on how opinions. people are feeling at the moment. Yeah, you know, and, and I think that could even play into a little bit of, like, the starvation of what movies are available. It might be that People are just so itchy to get out and see something that like they're like, oh, this is great. I'm so happy to see this. Um, quick note, August 12th, 1998 was the launch date of Rock. Really? It's that yes. long? <laughs> wow. I would wow, that's wild. That's um I, but again, I think it's become a little bit more mainstream in the past few years. Um June 2004, IGN Entertainment um, acquired it. So yeah, I, I think it's probably become a little bit bigger of a deal since since they've picked up and run with it. Makes sense. Um, but you know, again, to your point, um, and again, I think this is the case with with Black Panther too. You know, I think there's something to be said, audience score wise, on people not only liking the movie for the movie but um, for the kind of cultural impact that it has. You know what I mean? So I think mm -hmm. there's been movies like Black Panther, like this, that are getting a little bit of an extra boost out of, out of that sort of end of things as well, you know? Um, at least as far as the audience score, mm -hmm. um, I feel like, is, is concerned because anybody can go on and, and throw a thumbs up, thumbs down, you know, sort right. of um, thing there. Um, but again, 92% on the critical review is nothing to sneeze at, especially no. given that critics tend to be critical of mm. superhero movies. So yeah. I want to go see it. <laughs> Judge even my, uh, <laughs> Yeah, this might be my return to the theater if I can get some free time. Yeah, no, I, I, I plan on seeing this in the theater too. Whenever I can get a chance to go there, I want to go see it in the theater for sure. But so I don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast or not. Pete's known about it, but I had knee surgery back in August and I was a little bit laid up for about a about two weeks or so. And I went on a little bit of a binge of watching a lot of movies. <laughs> and I'm not going to go into all the movies that I watched because I watched some real stinkers. <laughs> but I want to just point out a couple of movies really, really quick. Because I went down this weird rabbit hole of movies. And I started with The Rock. 
and I watched San Andreas, and then I felt like I watched its like sort of sequel, Skyscraper, <laughs> because they're very much the same movie, except the difference is in Skyscraper, The Rock has one leg. And there's not flooding, but they're both giant buildings. It's a whole thing. <laughs> they're both overly crazy movies. I I really enjoyed them both. They're super ridiculous and in. Is San Andreas recent, or was that from like a couple of years back? San Andreas is maybe you know about eight years ago. I was gonna say I thought that one was a little bit older. It, yeah. So you really like jumped through time there from The Rock to that to, to Skyscraper, which yes. is like. What, 2020, I think? Yeah. So, and then Skycam was like, yeah, either early 2020 or like late 2019. And I just was like, they felt like they should be sequels to each other. So, (laughs) like, he's basically playing almost the same character, except in one, he's sort of a Coast Guard guy. The other one, he's like a retired FBI SWAT team guy of some sort. (laughs) But they're crazy. And then when I did that, I said, you know what? I'm going to go down the Gerard Butler rabbit hole. Oh, <laughs> and I could I, fall down that. <laughs> and, I, and I watched Geostorm, and then nice. I watched <laughs> Greenland. <laughs> Not 300? I didn't go three. I, I wanted to watch only his movies that are end of the world based that okay. I hadn't seen. <laughs> so Geostorm is an insane concept. It's, I think it's like a like a Roland Edrick movie or Emmerich movie, whatever it is. But it's so insane. It's so ridiculous. But I, I really enjoy Geostorm. And then I saw Greenland. And I love that, too. It's a little depressing at times, <laughs> but it's really fun. And I was like, wow, this is a great movie. And I was really into it. And he plays just a guy. Like, he's not the hero, not the savior of the earth. Like, he is a Geostorm. Spoilers. But it's fun. And I, I really like those movies. And now, the last thing that I did was I had to watch the two-part Batman Long Halloween animated movie that came out recently. I have not seen it yet, and I'm really itchy, too. (laughs) I loved it. It might be my favorite DC animated movie almost of all time, maybe aside from Mask of the Phantasm. And you and I have talked about this, although I don't know that we've talked about it on the podcast, but in my opinion, where Marvel kicks butt in the live action stuff is the equivalent to DC with the animated stuff. And I feel like the two of them flip flop on that point. Yeah. I don't know that I've seen a lot of Marvel animated movies Not that I've long, really thought were all that great. Oh, yeah. but the DC animated stuff is usually like really good. Yeah. This was, this was probably the best one I've seen in 10 years, even though the dark side war movie was really good too. This was better. And it's, it's really sad to me because Naya Rivera voices Catwoman and she might be my favorite animated interpretation of Catwoman. It was beautiful. She was so good. She steals every scene in the, in the movie. Um, The animation is fantastic. It's really amazing. And I feel like because she had untimely passed away, and they may not have been able to film or record all of her audio. They had to cut a lot of scenes out because there's certain parts of the movie where she appears on screen, 
but there's no dialogue of hers or it cuts away from her or like scenes felt like they were cut short. She has this cute little moment with Alfred and she doesn't have any dialogue, but only he does. And I'm like, it just bummed me out. Cause I was like, wow, she was so fantastic in this role and we'll never get to hear her voice Catwoman again. It made me sad. So now it Sorry. might be too soon, itis, but you're sure she's passed, right? Cause we have a bad track record. Yes, I am sure. <laughs> I am sure. Yeah. Yikes. Um, you know, just on that um, Batman note, related but unrelated, um, did you catch the um, the Batman trailer too? Batman. Did I finally see one you didn't see? Wait, Batman trailer, <laughs> the second trailer for Batman came out? Yes. And yeah. I didn't send it to you. You know, Mike and I have this thing that like I'll I'll see like a trailer and I'm like, oh, my best friend would really enjoy this. And I send it to him and he usually just writes back. I saw it already. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like, ah, so I saw that because we did this this morning, if you remember. Yes. I, yes. I sent you, um, what was it? The other um, DC upcoming animated uh, film. Oh, Injustice. Injustice, yeah. And then and then you're like, I saw it. And I was just like, thwarted again. So then when I saw this later this afternoon, I'm like, I'm not going to bother sending it to him. He's probably seen it already. <laughs> Wait. No, this didn't come out four weeks ago. No way. No way did it come. No. Did it? Because whatever I saw, I thought I saw it came out today. But maybe not. I could be wrong. Maybe we're both really behind. <laughs> I, I know there's a trailer coming. There's also the Matrix trailer coming. That's tomorrow. That's tomorrow. Yeah, there's no Batman trailer yet. You you got tricked. You got tricked by the internet. No, no, I watched it. I can pull it up and send you the link. Lies, 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 lies. Let me grab it out of my history and I'll send you the uh, the link. It, this is not the trailer. Or am I off on this? I don't know. I'm going to send it to you. You tell me what you think. I, I think you're wrong, my friend. I, I could be. From your secret I've 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 never been scooped on a trailer ever. I am I I just know them. I, I, did I get um, trolled? I mean, like it looks just mean. Pretty damn legit. Yeah, this is fake. I, I this is the one I found on the internet too. Yeah. So I got I got the wool pulled over my eyes then, huh? Cause this is footage from the first trailer. Good guys are left. Okay. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> yeah. Fooled you. You becoming quiet. Yeah. If you are justice, please do not lie. What is the And you know why I can tell you this is fake? Because DC Fandom is in like three weeks, and they've already said that's when the second trailer is going to come uh, out. So, suck it! <laughs> All right, I tried. <laughs> this has got footage from Batman, like Batman, like the '89 Batman. I'm looking at it right now. Did I mention I was watching this through a severe headache earlier? <laughs> Yeah, this is all the audio is pulled from other movies. <laughs> Good try. All right. Well, before I embarrass myself any further, how about we take a trip back through time and check out our box office 30 segment for September 1991. 
Okay, September 1991, we are seeing the summer blitz cooling off in a big bad way. With the exception of number one on our list, it takes until number 15 on our list to see another September release. Two through 14 is a laundry list of past month's releases. So our top film for September is Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare, with an opening weekend release of 13 million. It finished with a 25.9 million gross in September domestically, goes on to gross 34.9 million domestically with an $11 million budget and a September 13th release date. And newsflash, it's not the final nightmare. There's another movie that comes after that. I think it's like, isn't that the new nightmare that comes after this? Yeah, I think there's several more, including, you know, Down the Road, Freddy vs. Jason and, yeah. and you know, some, several other things. I might get in trouble with some of my good friends here, including I remember, you know, our, our Tom, who was on our podcast earlier, said he might be interested in coming back if we did the review on this one. He's always been a Freddy fan. I, our friend Joe is probably a Freddy fan. I'm not the biggest Freddy fan no. ever. <laughs> uh, I've, I've seen the original Nightmare on Elm Street because I was required to see it when we were in, in film school. Uh, beyond that, I may have seen snippets of other ones. It doesn't do it for me. The first one is cool, but after that, I couldn't care less. And I think I, I've seen them all at one point or another, including, and this is going to be a, a really random deep pull, but at one point when I was in college, two points, but at one point when I was in college, I had to get a, a nose surgery, um, not for prettiness sake, but for you know, issue sake. And I was like on my butt for like two weeks with the medication. I was like really out of it. And um, Russ came by and like basically sat with me and we like watched a ton of the Freddy movies. He brought them all <laughs> over. Um, and uh, I don't remember most of them because I was so zonked out of my brain on like these painkillers and things like that. And I feel like that wouldn't been, you would not have been your choice to pick. <laughs> yeah, probably not. <laughs> I think when I was like a little closer to coming out of it, I was requesting things like Monty Python and the Holy Grail, which is much more, you know, in, in, uh, in, in your wheelhouse. <laughs> um, but I, I do remember him coming over and, and marathoning some of that stuff. If, if I don't necessarily remember the movies, I remember mm -hmm. one of them, but see, now it was that, but I think we were also doing like some of the Friday the 13th movies. Cause I remember one that was like this girl that was like psychic and I think she was taking on Jason. So I don't know. I might even be mixing the two franchises. I've been always a little bit more of a Jason fan than a, than a Freddy fan. Mm -hmm. um, both movies I, I respect totally their series. I mean, they've done a ton of, um, you know, uh, movies over time and they've done some really neat effects and different things like that. through them. They made a ton of money. Yeah, I could not tell you a thing about Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare nah. versus any of the other ones, <laughs> you know, like, except that, like, there's going to be teenagers who are trying to stay awake and inevitably they fall asleep and they're going to trick you into thinking that they didn't fall asleep. But then Freddy's going to show up and you're like, oh, they did fall asleep because <laughs> that's what these movies are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. exactly. Um, sorry, Freddy fans, and sorry to Tom or Joe or anybody who I might be offending with that. Um, our Freddy's Dead did not make our featured film selection, though, this month. That's going to come down our, our list here. So um, our number two film is called Dead Again, which, again, I think when, when I was looking at it, when I was tweeting about it, I thought it was maybe a horror movie, but we actually talked about this last month. This was um, number 18 mm -hmm. in the August um, box yeah. office. Um, it pulled out a respectable 22.1 million September 
at only 940 theaters. So it, it did, you know, pretty decent compared to some of our other movies uh, for being in quite a few less theaters. Um, and it ultimately outgrosses Freddy's Dead by a little over three million when the two are all um, tallied up. Um, but uh, this movie is not a horror movie. Um, and again, I don't think I've necessarily seen it. No, I've not seen it at all. Um, but I, I just given the name, I think I thought it was going to be a horror movie, but it was not. So it, it, was, a, it was a Kenneth Branagh film. <laughs> it feels like a good title for like a sequel to Dead. Yes. Dead again. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think I would see that. (laughs) In a a world where dead was not the only way you can die, see dead again. You know what my favorite thing like that is? There's a movie called House, and then there's a, and it's a horror movie, and then there's a movie House 2. And I've never seen House. I've seen House 2, and it's actually brilliant. I really suggest seeing it because it's the wackiest, most out there, bizarre cocaine riddled movie i think you can ever possibly see um but it's called house Two: the second story and i thought that was so adorable <laughs> and it's like uh it's like it's, i think it's supposed to be a horror movie but like it also kind of doesn't take itself too seriously and i just remember this great line where like they like there's the, the house is like haunted or having problems and like they hire this handyman over and he's like He's like, oh, you know, you know what your problem here is? You've got an extra dimensional portal in your in your uh, wall here. You know, it's like it's just so of course you do. Bizarre. Of course you so do. So if you if you got some time coming into the um, Halloween season and you're looking through your um, retro VHS bin, see if you can't dig out um, House Two because that one is is worth um, watching, especially if you're you're on somebody who does some like. Um, mind-altering substances. It's probably really enjoyable. <laughs> if, if you've got a friend with mushrooms, have, yes. <laughs> have a good time. Yes. <laughs> and if you don't, if you're totally clean and sober, watch this movie and you'll feel like you're on mushrooms. <laughs> um, Terminator 2 moves down to third place, earning $15 million, um, which, you know, it's hanging in there, but it had kind of a, in my mind, a little bit of a more severe fall off than I would have thought it would still have at this point in time, but it's yeah. it's dropping off. Um, and so, where is our our featured film this month? Well, we decided if if you listen to our last episode to throw some wild card picks into the vote this month, and we brought back Doc Hollywood and Boys in the Hood, which are two films that have separately received quite a lot of um, votes, but kind of just missed being in the top spot um, in in light of other movies. And it turns out you guys still wanted us to um, talk about these as they completely destroyed (laughs) our actual top two um, box office movies in the voting this month. Um, We only had 28 votes this month, which feels so sad after coming off that 75 peak. So get out there and vote, you know, (laughs) Um, not the greatest month of movies to choose from. So I I, I get it. But again, super big thank you to the 28 who did vote. Um, But we did have a clear winner from that 28 votes. And with 39.3% of the vote, our featured film this month, which is number five on the list in September is Doc Hollywood. So um, congrats, Doc Hollywood fans. We are going to be doing a review of that um, after it narrowly missed um, beating out, I guess, what was it? Hot Hot Shots? Shots? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have to to say this. I don't know where we're going to find this movie. (laughs) (laughs) 
you know, I think I saw that it was streaming somewhere. I want to say Netflix or HBO. I think it might be on HBO right now. Um, I could be wrong about that, but I think I saw... Let me take a quick look. I think I saw that it was streaming there. If not, we'll we'll dig it up on Prime Video or somewhere. Um, whoops, keep clicking the wrong thing. HBO Max. HBO Max. It looks like this link is not working. Okay, so we'll figure it out. <laughs> um, but we've had that problem before. Yes. Um, so Boys in the Hood came in second in our voting with 32.1% of the vote. So again, I'm sorry, boys. You just kind of didn't quite make it. I don't know that we can throw that movie another bone, but no. we'll see. Because um, October's got some bangers that I'm, yes. I'm excited for. So. Yes. Um, Freddie took 70, uh, excuse me, 17.9% of the vote and Dead Again finished with a lowly 10.7. So again, thank you so much for voting. We will have plenty more of these votes coming up. I think it's definitely um, found its niche and has become a a truly liked part of the show. So we're going to keep that going um, probably indefinitely here. Yeah, I think so, too. So let's take a look at our September releases. I've thrown them into our, our document here. And thank you for organizing this neatly for me, because otherwise I'd be scrolling. Yeah, no maniac. worries. As I said, there's not so many to look at uh, because, again, number one's Freddy's Dead. And then the very next one on our list is number 15 as far as a September release. So, again, that whole area between 2 and 14 is all stuff that we've talked about previously. Um, and number 15 is a movie that I very much like. It's a contender for next month's um, featured movie, which is The Fisher King. Um, have you seen The Fisher King? No. I, I know of it. I know the poster. I remember the trailer, but I've never seen it. No. I really like this movie. Um, it's Jeff Bridges. It's Robin Williams. Um, I, I, funny enough, I can't remember if I saw this years ago or not, but I, I rewatched it a couple of years back. Um, and it's just, it's, it's different. It's interesting, especially for a Robin Williams film. Um, because you get used to seeing him in sort of like, a particular, you know, way, I guess, you know, and, and there's been a few movies that he's done where he's a little bit more of a serious role. Mm -hmm. um, this is definitely like a dramedy. Um, it definitely like rides the line between being drama and then jumping over to the comedic sort of side of things. And these are both actors that have done spectacular both. jobs in both of those yeah. arenas. Um, but the other thing is, this is a um, Terry Gilliam directed movie. And um, again, I know I just, throughout Monty Python there, but Terry Gilliam does such an amazing job um, with directing all of his films. Um, and they're usually really um, out there um, and fun. And I mean, like if you've seen Brazil, um, Time Bandits, any of his stuff, they're all like just really interesting watches. Uh, and I throw the Fisher King right into that pile um, with them. So this has a September 20th release, um, which is good enough to get it to 15th place, but that's why we'll be looking more closely at it next month because it goes on to do a, definitely a bit more gross um, during that time period. Number 16 here uh, is a film, uh, Late for Dinner. Does this ring a bell for you? Not a single bell. No idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I, I don't know this one, but I'm going to be happy to read off the the um, the log line for it here. So late for dinner, two young men evading the police for a crime they didn't commit are cryogenically frozen in the early 1960s. 
The next thing they know is that they're in a strange new world 30 years on. Um, okay. <laughs> you know, like, I guess that would make you late for dinner, you know, um, but uh, I don't know. I, I don't think I have any re- recollection of hearing about that one back in the day. The, the craziest part about it is this thing was released in 1,013 theaters. It was in over 1,000 theaters, and it, it opening gross was $3 million. In all, that's a huge amount of theaters. It's crazy. Yeah, um, it, because it does seem like a Miramax. It is a Columbia release. Yeah. Um, it is, um, I don't know. It, it just seems kind of weird. Uh, it's, it's got Peter Berg in it. Um, it's got some other kind of people in it, but yeah. I don't know. <laughs> some other, some other kind of people. Marsha <laughs> Gay Harden, Brian Wimmer, but like, I don't know. This one totally flew past me, so yeah. who knows. But it does ha- deal with two people. Um looking at stuff 30 years down the road. So in, in 1991, so it's relevant. Yes. <laughs> if, if not necessarily recognizable. Yeah. So the next one down the list is number 18. Which I figured is, you'd want to field this one. <laughs> you bet your bottom dollar. I do is necessary roughness with Scott Bakula and Sinbad and I believe Michael J. Fox is in this movie too, or is it, uh, or is it, uh, what's his name? Jason Bateman. I always get them too. Yeah, Jason Bateman, who played Teen Wolf in Teen Wolf 2. That's why I got it mixed up. So yes. you've got some, you've got some six degrees of separation, but yes. yeah, Michael, Mike, <laughs> the two of them are, are not necessarily um, two people I would directly confuse, I feel like. Fair but enough. I can see how you got there. Yes. So, this is a movie that is one of my, I would say, top 10, maybe top 15 movies of all time. Due to NCAA sanctions, the Texas State University fighting armadillos must form a football team from their actual student body with no scholarships to help to play their football schedule. That does not even explain what this movie is. It is fantastic. It is like the replacements 15, 20 years early. And it's just a great movie. It's so fun. It's hilarious. Scott Bakula rules in it. Sinbad is amazing. I pray next month when this is on the list that it gets picked (laughs) because it is a winner. Yeah, you and I are going to have to throw down probably over over these and see um, where the fans land. <laughs> yeah. Um, next one on our list is a movie called Deceived. Um, this one seemed familiar to me, particularly the poster. So I, I did look this one up. I don't know that I've seen this movie. Um, it stars Goldie Hawn. But one thing I did think was interesting is this is a Bruce Joel Rubin screenplay um, again. So... You know, again, if if we remember from last year around this time, that's the writer of Ghost. So I don't know if he was trying to go for something in that zone again, kind of another thriller movie. But I don't think this one um, sees the success <laughs> and- of of, uh, of Ghost with only a twenty eight point seven total million dollar gross. Um, Funny enough, this is a Walt Disney Pictures studio film. Interesting. 
Yeah, I think they were releasing some stuff like this randomly back then, or, or I don't know if they had like a, like a subsidiary one that's just been roped into our our current what it shows in the Walt Disney Studios motion pictures distributor list at least here. I wonder if maybe it was a studio that they may have bought, like that acquired. they acquired. Yeah, yeah, it might have been under. You know, I mean, a lot of these things might have been Fox movies. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like that's the trick now. Yeah, a lot of them might have been Fox releases. That's a good point. I didn't even think about this just now. So. It's a little bit of a shame that they would have changed some of this information in here because it, yeah. it would have been good to have that. But I, I would actually bet you dollars to donuts. That's, that's what it is. Fox release. Yeah. yeah. So next up we have is live in large. And it says, I don't, I don't know who this movie is or what's who's in it. This is, I don't, I don't know anything about this. Movie. Parents TC Carson. Yeah. I don't know who that is. Uh, it it looks kind of like a, a sort of I don't know what it is. Uh, it's it says a young black reporter begins to lose his identity. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> yeah, this one is just completely below the radar um, for me. I I just don't know. And really, I think that's going to be the case with quite a lot of the rest. Finishing out the list here because we are at number 22 on the list. This is earning 3.4 million, mm-hmm. um, but it just keeps dropping from here. And I just I do not know most of the rest of, of these yeah. films. So to, to round out the list, we've got number 26 is Company Business. No idea. <laughs> uh, then we have Rambling Rose. Don't know. Uh, then we have a number in spot number 33 mcbain <laughs> and i kind of want to look what mcbain is i feel like i need to know what mcbain is it basically is what you think it would be i think <laughs> a former vietnam war lieutenant reforms his old team in order to help a revolutionary sister overthrow a ruthless dictator of nice. course and, and it looks like Chris Walken. It looks like, <laughs> yeah, it's Christopher Walken. And I don't know. Chick Vernera. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. I don't know. Uh, it's It's got uh, Michael Ironside in it. Um, oh, this is, this is an all-star Conchita cast. Alonzo and, and Luis Guzman uh, apparently pops in there as well. <laughs> but it, it, Christopher Walken is on the poster but not top billing in the list of, of cast members on the uh, on the uh, IMDb's and the box office mojos here. Interesting enough. So it's funny. The, uh, Wikipedia has a note um, that McBain was originally the name of an action movie character on The Simpsons, played by an analog of Arnold Schwarzenegger. His appearance on The Simpsons predates the release of the film McBain, and apart from the name, the film has very little relation to the character. <laughs> One would assume. Nonetheless, the producers of the movie refused to give 20th Century Fox and Matt Groening's production team clearance to use the name McBain. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Then jump down to 35, we've got Paradise, a Melanie Griffith Don Johnson movie that opened at $38,000. <laughs> wow. And they have a young Elijah Wood in the movie as well. Yeah. It total gro- Don Johnson and Melanie Griffith made a movie that total gross was surprisingly 18 million, but in the month of September 
Only a hundred and six thousand dollars. Yes. Wow. That's crazy. Uh, and then again, we don't actually have a a mirror max um, at the at the last couple on our list here, but we have at thirty six the Indian Runner, thirty eight my own private Idaho, and thirty nine Dogfight. Now, what's interesting is my own private Idaho sounds familiar to me. Yeah, it is. Um, it's a but Keanu Reeves movie. Yeah. Why do I know this? I, like again, it doesn't go on to do. I mean, it does only fifty two grand in September. It does six point four um overall but i don't know i wonder if this is something that like popped up it's got river phoenix um i'm i'm just really curious if this is something that like showed up somewhere down the road that i would have seen it i've seen this movie directed by gus van zandt so it's not like it's not like a movie that um wouldn't be known i just yeah i just i'm trying to remember this i i saw it in college a long time ago it's a very good movie it just wasn't popular but i mean river phoenix is really good in it keanu was really great in it um it it's you know it's a gus van sant movie it's a you know it's a it's an interesting movie it's but i'm surprised it's that low on the list i'm shocked that's interesting yeah but, no it's it's all it's pretty far down there it just doesn't do much box office but again it must be something that pops up at least critically after that because i feel like i mean you've seen it i feel like i've heard of it so it might be a, one of those movies that, that got a, a cult following on on rental maybe after river phoenix died kind of thing yeah so. well like i said a number 39 dogfight definitely um belongs at the bottom of the list here's the synopsis for dogfight before leaving to fight in vietnam lots of vietnam movies this month <laughs> a group of teenagers play a game where they try to seduce the ugliest girl they can find classy what <laughs> wow that's, that's great sad. job warner brothers yeah. the beer max for the month <laughs> yeah seriously oof that's that's rough that's not great i don't like that at all um okay and and that is a weird month for september there's, <laughs> there's not a lot of real home run hits o- over there so yeah all right, um, so let's see what we can do with, with Doc Hollywood in our recall segment. First, I am going to say that I am glad this is your month to take notes. <laughs> <laughs> is it back to that already? Okay, it yeah. It feels like you've done more somehow. And I, know I this feel like ended I, up even, but it somehow feels uh, like, and I, it might just be that you got the trickier, tougher ones uh, to do or something. I don't know. I'll tell you, I, I, I loved Hot Shots, but it was hard to do notes on that. I was like, I was burned out after it. That was tough. <laughs> that was tough. But it's your turn. And. I could tell you literally what I recall of this movie, and I'll see if you remember more. All right, well, let's run through the the specifics, and then we'll see what we can dig up. So, okay. so Doc Hollywood's directed by Michael Catton Jones, who directed other such films as Memphis Bell, The Jackal, which is a pretty cool movie, yeah, City by the Sea, which is another pretty cool movie, and Basic Instinct Two, because of. Of course, that needed to exist. <laughs> Incidentally, we were talking about Rotten Tomatoes before. I think that movie has like something like like a four or something. It's like it's like rated really, really low. Oh, yeah. uh, it's based on a book by Neil B. Shulman titled What? Dead Again? And is adapted by Lorian Leggett with Jeffrey Price with the screenplay credit. Now, Jeffrey Price um, has among his credits Who Framed Roger Rabbit? 
Wild Wild West, The Jim Carrey, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, and Shrek the Third. So, wow, random list, much from <laughs> from this writer. Yeah. I mean, Roger Rabbit's amazing, but some of those other ones are a little like, hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> um, The film stars Michael J. Fox, Julie Warner, Bernard Hughes, Hood. Hoodie, uh, I wrote Hoodie Harrelson, oh, wow. Woody Harrelson, David Ogden Steers, Francis Sternhagen, and Bridget Fonda. All right, so so hit me with the digits because, you know, I, I think um, this movie, I've maybe seen it at some point in the past, but my, my mind has been clouded by the Cars <laughs> reference. So I don't know that I, I, you know, have a much deeper recollection of this than you will. Okay, so... Michael J. Fox plays this like highfalutin doctor. I think his girlfriend in the beginning of the movie is Bridget Fonda. And he's going out to Hollywood to join some sort of practice, something like that. And he's driving himself across country in this like classic convertible. Somehow he loses control. I think there's like chickens across the road. And he crashes into somebody's fence and wrecks their fence and like kills their pig or something like that or kills an animal of some sort and he didn't have any money he didn't have any identification or some of that i don't know but he somehow gets roped into to pay off his debt for breaking this fence working as the town doctor because the old doctor is like see you know he's having some sort of medical issue with his hands or something and he can't do medical procedures Michael J. Fox ends up spending a lot of time in the town, meets the nurse there, falls for the nurse. After he pays his debt to society, he leaves, rejoins Hollywood, feels he doesn't belong there anymore, yada, 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 goes back to this, you know, podunk town in the middle of nowhere. That's what I got. Yeah, I I can't expand on that, except again, in just the car's front of things, which is like, it really makes me wonder, and I'm I'm really curious now when we go to watch this movie, how similar the two are are roughly going to end up being. Um, but it makes me wonder how Cars essentially created the story that it did, or got away with using the story that it did. Um, you know, because it seems to be borrowing extremely heavily from the plot of this, even right down to the fact that you have a movie called Doc Hollywood, and Lightning McQueen learns from a car named. Doc Hudson, um, hmm. you know, so <laughs> who's also like this like retired guy or whatever sort of thing, you know, the old guy that's going to teach him and everything. Hmm. It's really kind of an interesting thing that they were able to borrow so much of that story thread over there. So I think one of the the fun things might be to kind of compare and contrast these two films once we we do the um, the review and sort of see not only story wise where they ended up, but box office wise where they ended up because I'd be curious. Um, I, I have an, an inkling that cars might have done more box office than than Doc Hollywood in the long run. But one, one would assume the one question that I have here is and I was thinking about this myself. How many like, you know, Michael J. Fox had a string of movies for quite a long time after this movie. I don't know if this is, you know, after his Parkinson's diagnosis or not. But no, he, that's that's in, in much more recent years. But I don't remember there's much movies after this for a, quite a while. Oh, he he voices Homeward Bound. He did Greedy. Okay, that was a very good movie. Um, 
Mars Attacks. Okay, maybe I was wrong. All right, he's got. But like, as far as like the starring role, I get right. where you're coming from. Yeah, like he had like this series of like you know films that he did where he's Marty McFly, you know, and right. like you know, all this sort of thing that like you know kind of brought him out to like the forefront. You know, Teen Wolf. Yeah, you mentioned before. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think he got hot for a while. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't know if it's something where he just decided to go do something a little bit different or, or what the deal is, but, um, I see your point that like, you know, like we, we have a more strong remembrance of him from like that, like, you know, mid eighties to early nineties period of time. Yeah, like um, even even Greedy and Mars Attacks, he's an ensemble cast. He's not the main character in those movies. Uh, may, maybe Greedy, he's the main character, but like for a while, he's just more ensemble. He's doing a lot of voice acting. Um, interesting. I, this is like his last real main, main starring role as a box office person for a long time. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, and I mean, who knows? I, I don't personally know. Um, when Parkinson started playing a role for him in his life. Um, but, you know, he does get into doing a lot more voice acting, you know, in kind of the later end of the 90s and things yeah. like that. Um, so who knows? It, it, it's an interesting question about um, if that was affecting him that early or if it was just a, a case where, um, you know, his his star burned bright and then he kind of just started getting into some of that um, maybe less um face you know front man sort of uh mm. sort of work interesting so do you want to watch the trailer yeah so let's take a look uh at the trailer in our preview review all right i'll count us off three okay. two one. Ooh, I like the beat. I do too. I like the music. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Question: Beverly Hills, the most beautiful woman in the world. Plastic surgery. What do these three things have in common? Oh, is he a plastic surgeon? Is that what? Oh, okay. No, he's a plastic surgeon. I guess I'm not surprised. Oh, it's cows. cows. It was, yeah, the answer there. was cows. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, that car's done. Oh, you know what it is? It's not the f- like they they need to fix the car too. That's part of the story. Yeah, and he's in South Carolina. I think I read that uh, the book takes place in Alabama. We are prepared to offer you permanent position as medical practitioner supreme here. And cars is naturally somewhere out in like the west. So. Yeah. I'm in the twilight zone. Oh! <laughs> it's a plastic surgery. This definitely feels 80s slash 90s. Yeah. It also feels low budget. Um, it's they're really not hitting a lot of the jokes. I feel in the trailer. Man with big plans, but he never planned on her. They just looked really tiny in that car. Yeah. That's a nice pig you got there. Yeah, that's what they tell me. Julie Warner. You can blink now. Woody Harrelson. I could have gone to med school. 
Just the science part of it I had a problem with. And Bridget Fonda. Do doctors know more about Michael J. Fox has a really weird mullet in it that I don't like. <laughs> but Woody Harrelson is awesome. <laughs> That's all I gotta say. Woody it's Harrelson. funny, you know, like you think about Michael J. Fox and I don't know what age exactly he is at the point in time. Let's see. Like, I think I was reading, was it 70, 73? Here's me where I can't do math. 1991, 1973. So he's uh, 18 years old when he's filming this or no, this movie releases. He's born in 61. What are you talking about? Where did I see 73? Oh, I saw <laughs> years active, 73, excuse me. Yeah, because you would have been really young. Yeah, all right. So, yeah, all right. Getting late, friends. It's that time of the podcast. Let me do this math again. 1991 minus 1961. Oh, that's easy. 30. That's 30. So he's 30 years old. All right, so maybe it's conceivable. You know, like one of the things I get into is like the Doogie Hauser MD sort of thing with these doctor movies where he's like this hotshot doctor, but he seems like he's kind of, youngish for that but i don't know maybe a doctor that's 30 it, could it, be you know like already like in demand and like doing plastic surgery and all this sort of thing well you also got i mean this was probably was filmed in maybe 89 or early early 90s so he's probably 28 29 when this is being filmed i mean if you think about med school okay so if a, a college student gets four years then med school is like six to seven years i mean it's it's very close like he would just be getting out of med school i feel like at this point yeah i don't know it's always interesting how they how they play some of these like young doctors in movies where it's like it's it sometimes makes it a little harder <laughs> to believe like the hot shot young doctor you know mm. yeah <laughs> all right well we will obviously circle back and, and see what we think about this movie in in real time when we do the review I am on board with you, though. I was not blown away by that trailer. I, I was yeah. kind of just like, Neh. you know, like, especially thinking about like the fact that I was already giggling myself silly while we were watching the Hot Shots trailer, let alone yeah. um, this. So I don't know. Will it be a Hot Shots or will it be a What About Bob? I don't know. <laughs> I think it's going to be a little bit above What About Bob, but I think it's going to be a lot below Hot Shots. I think. <laughs> it's It's got a pretty decent ensemble cast of comedic actors and such which is kind of interesting but i just i'm curious to see how it's gonna lay out i I don't i remember it fondly watching it as a kid but now i feel like i don't um i don't remember it as fondly watching that trailer yeah well hopefully just the charm of michael j fox will will see us through (laughs) but now are are, are you also making it a requirement that i have to rewatch cars in order to do a side-by-side comparison (laughs) if you and i aren't well versed in cars having little children then i don't know god help us (laughs) see it's funny grace likes cars 2 better than cars 1 so i may have to watch cars 1 again just to remember what what happens in it in comparison i don't know that either of my kids is the biggest cars fan altogether um but it's pixar so we've seen it like umpteen times um i think they probably like cars 3 the best um but that might just be because it's like a little bit on the newer side or and you know got some differentiation in characters and things like that who knows speaking of disney-esque movies do you know what the number one streamed album 
for music was in 2020? I don't. Moana. Okay, I should have guessed that. <laughs> you know, Moana was the number one streamed movie uh, soundtrack, and I think it was one of the highest streamed movies <laughs> in 2020. Yeah, was- no, I wouldn't be surprised by that. Yeah, we were we had that on definite loop um, quite a bit. Um, I'm I'm curious. Uh, have you seen Vivo? Vivo, no. What's that? Okay, so your kids would probably like it. Um, this is a um, animated film, and the only reason I haven't thrown this into um, movies I've seen recently is that I did not finish this one out. Um, I got through like three quarters of it, and then had other things to do. The kids have watched it multiple times. Uh, it's a Lin Manuel Miranda um, animated movie that was sent direct to Netflix. Okay, uh, it's starring like a little lemur or something along that lines. Um, it was cute. Um, catchy music, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. so that's the one that's now like on loop on our Alexa. So <laughs> there Grace, you go. Grace has been interested in one of your favorite Pixar movies recently. Oh. Am I going to have to dig? <laughs> I'll, I'll give you three guesses. My brain is, is, is failing me right now. What's and, some of my favorite Pixar And it's, movies? it's not the Toy Story movies. It's not The Incredibles. It's other uh, non-franchise Pixar movies. Um, so it's not Toy Story? Not a Toy Story. It's not uh, Incredibles. It's, but it's there's a particular movie that I know you love this particular Pixar movie and you've told me. Uh, Wally? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Great Grace watched Wally and she was like, I love that movie. <laughs> no, it's, oh my God. It's it's such a beautiful and incredible movie. Like I you'd have to have like a heart of steel yeah. to, to not like Wally. <laughs> so I was trying to think like past that, like what would be the other ones I would be telling you about? Your, your, like, your other one I was thinking of that you would have guessed would be Up. Yeah, probably Up. Um, I mean, like, you know, um, Finding Nemo certainly yeah. is up there. Yeah. I figured your kids aren't necessarily old enough for like an Onward or something like that yet. They <laughs> saw Onward. Uh, they just didn't get it. They weren't. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I think it's just kind of like above their... Yeah, I think I think like Zoe like was like okay, like Kara didn't care about it at yeah. all. Yeah, no. but yeah. So we'll be back in two weeks with our review of Doc Hollywood, and maybe we'll sprinkle in some cars in there for you. <laughs> <laughs> you want to do our um our, our movie quiz? Sure, let's do the movie because I have been hankering for this for a little while. So okay, so I've got our our comedy deck out here because that's all I can seem to find at the moment. It's fine. <laughs> it's either that or I was going to get out Cards Against Humanity, but we might get canceled on the podcast. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, which real life couple starred in the 1987 film Overboard? Goldie Hawn and uh, Kurt Russell. You got it. All right. Who directed Office Space? Oh, was it Mike Judge? It was Mike Judge. Uh, let's see. We've done this card before. This is the tricky part. I really should get rid of the cards that, that we have done. <laughs> it would make my life a little easier. <laughs> okay, which actress starred as the titular character in Annie Hall? Oh, uh... 
God, I know this. I know that it's one of Angie's favorite movies too. Uh, <laughs> uh, what I always mess up her name. Um, some tip of my tongue. Woody Allen's ex-wife. Uh, uh, what is her name? <laughs> I, her, I'm blanking on her name. I can see her face. Diane Keaton. Diane Keaton. Right. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we're, we're two for three. That's not too bad. Okay. In which film do Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis star as newly deads? Oh, that's Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. That is correct. All right. That's not so bad. You want to do another? I'll go for one more. I, I like to All go right. round it out. All right, so let's see how we do out of six. Okay, so which film was released first? Sleepless in Seattle or You've Got Mail? Sleepless in Seattle. You got it. And finally, which U.S. state is Fargo set in? North Dakota. Oh, so close, but Minnesota. What? (laughs) What? Really? Kind of cold today. Uh, Really? I thought it was North Dakota. Are you kidding me? I think that card is a liar. <laughs> Where is Fargo? <laughs> Google's. Son up! No, it's North Dakota. Really? Yes. Is the card wrong? <laughs> 100%. It's North Dakota. I wonder if they mean took place. Is Fargo in Minnesota or North Dakota? The city of Fargo is located in Cass County, North Dakota, along the Red River of the North, which forms a border between Minnesota and North Dakota. Maybe they filmed the movie in Minnesota, but Fargo is definitely in North Dakota. All right, well, because here's the interesting thing, because uh, I'm over on the Wikipedia page for the Fargo film. And it says Francis McDormand stars as Marge Gunderson, a pregnant Minnesota police chief investigating roadside homicides. Um, And it goes on to say. Minneapolis, Minneapolis. Yeah, there's quite a a lot of Minneapolis. So I don't know. Very bizarre. (laughs) Bollocks. Why is there such a discrepancy? (laughs) I wonder if the real life Fargo. Oh, all right. So here, so here's the thing. All right. So in 1987, Jerry Lundegaard, the sales manager of an Oldsmobile dealership in Minneapolis, is desperate for money. On the advice of dealership mechanic and parolee Shep Proudfoot, Jerry travels to Fargo, North Dakota, and hires Carl Showalter and Gare Grimsman to kidnap his wife Jean. So I don't know. Does it take place in two places? Why would they do this to us? <laughs> The, the card is bull. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. <laughs> because she she's a cop in Fargo, I thought. But yeah, it says Minnesota police. This is weird. <laughs> Are we living in two different realities here? <laughs> I'm like, Angela, I, all I know is Angela's going to be making fun of me about this because this is another one of her favorite movies. I'm sitting there and I'm like, I know Fargo is in North Dakota. Like, I know. That's so weird. Well, that really messes up the whole quiz there. But all right. Anyway, we digress, folks. I uh, My apologies for going off on a tangent about Fargo for a minute there. Another great movie, which we'll get to 
in five years, theoretically. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> so that's got my brain broke. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so Pete, where can they check us out? You can check us out in all the normal spots, except maybe on Facebook. We'll see. <laughs> uh, that includes all of our social media channels, Box Office 30 on Facebook and Twitter, and Box Office T-H-I-R-T-Y on Instagram. Again, unless tomorrow at 5 a.m. I get another weird email. Uh, you can also come visit us over at our website, boxoffice30.com. That's also a 30 where you can see um, all of our old um, episodes. You can listen back to any of them. Um, and you can uh, usually follow interesting links um, over, including our T Public store, where you can pick up Box Office 30 logo merchandise, uh, including those face masks. So I got a little announcement <laughs> for you. I got a little announcement for you. All right. So many of you know, uh, or maybe you don't know, but Pete knows, I wear a lot of hats because I have no hair on my head. <laughs> and uh, I, I like to buy hats from a company called bostonscally.com. And I reached out to them and they gave me a link for our podcast for anybody who goes there can get $5 off a hat. Oh, nice. We should have led off with this. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of saving it to the end. And so I have it here and I'll give you the link and you can post it on our website or social media or whatever you want. But anybody who listens to this show goes to this link. You get $5 off some awesome hats from bostonscally.com. And Michael does have some serious hats from Boston Scally. He I do. I just ordered a new one. Growing. <laughs> I've, I've got about six or seven now. And I just ordered a new one that's coming hopefully this, later this week. I needed a, a fall one as, as it's getting chilly. <laughs> nice. Well, while we're talking that, we should also probably point out that um, we are also sponsored again this year by HalloweenCostumes.com. Um, and you can actually get 20% off of one item, one use per customer, valid through November 6th by using the coupon code TRN, which stands for the Retro Network, TRN Halloween 2021. Um, we also have this information over on um, our website, so feel free to check it out there. Um, but uh, we're in it. So go over. They've got a great selection of Halloween costumes, all sorts of really good stuff. Lots of movie based stuff. If you're in this podcast for movies, you're probably interested in movies. So go take a look at their stuff. Um, and they've got a huge selection of Halloween costumes, accessories, decorations. Check it out. Halloweencostumes.com. Again, TRN Halloween 2021. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up for us this week, my friends. Thank you so much as usual for listening. Thank you for voting. As Michael said, we'll be back on Friday, September 24th with our Doc Hollywood review. We will see you then. Bye, everybody. Ka-chow. <laughs> <laughs> We're just reviewing cars up all the time. Fair enough. <laughs> Bye, friends. <laughs>